Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined in person, yay, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is episode 256, I think. We are on a roll here. Um, and it is Thanksgiving for us uh, tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, this is actually, this is, we're recording this on the day we're going to release this. I'm hoping to release this tonight, um, but uh, you'll probably end up listening to this either on Thanksgiving or the or day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, Most likely. Um, for us, Thanksgiving is, is tomorrow. But uh, yeah, we're in person, and we are super excited to break down this book, Paradise Restored by David Chilton, Chilton uh, D- A Biblical Theology of Dominion. This week, we went through uh, several chapters, and I have those written down. We went through uh, chapters 17, 19, and 23. <clears throat> so, lots here, lots to break down. We're super excited, um, and we're just going to jump into things. But before we, before we break down some of these super in-your-face um, controversial chapters... We have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week, our passage is Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17. This passage says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in, and in him all things hold together. And again, that's Colossians 1, 16 through 17. So this um, is a passage we like to come back to a lot. We come back to it in our theological uh, wrap-ups on our Monday current events episodes. We come back to this when we're discussing all sorts of things. Um, but this is also, I thought, I thought this passage was, was very timely given what we're going to be discussing in, in our book today. So the, there, there are so many people, and, and w- when we talk about our um, we're going through our series, America's Poison Heart, right now, and we're talking about all the issues with our with our culture, with our nation, with our churches, and a lot of it stems back to pastors having a defeatist mentality, pastors not wanting to apply all of Christ to all of life, mm-hmm. and so this is the ultimate, well, one of the ultimate, there's several just like cuts right to the point, several of those passages, but this is certainly high on the list, talking about First, it starts with creation, right? Through Christ, all things were created, right? Heaven, earth, visible, invisible. This last part is a little strange if you thought maybe we weren't meant to take dominion over all things because it says thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, right? All of those things are created by Christ. All of those things are meant to be used properly for Christ, and all of those things are part of his kingdom. All of those things are under his reign, under his rule. He's ascended as king of all. He's king over kings, right? Psalm 2 is is great at, at talking about that. But that's just one realm. That's just the political realm. That's just the, the, the sphere of, of civil authority. There's three other governments over which Christ reigns, and they're all equally as important, Right? So obviously the Bible needs to apply, be applied to civil government and we need to take that, take civil government for Christ. But, but also we need to be living every part of our life for Christ. And, and so what that means is we need to think about how dominion theology 
and Dominion eschatology, like we're going to be talking about today, how that transforms societies, right? So your personal sanctification isn't just you trying to live a good life, trying to get into heaven, right? We don't believe in work salvation, right? So what the heck is it for? Well, it's a restoration of your soul back to what it was always supposed to be, right? And that's a huge part of what we're going to be talking about in these chapters. Jake mm-hmm. will break that down as well, so I won't tie that up with a bow yet. That that topic we'll leave there um, for him to, to tackle. But in, in the same vein, we have personal sanctification, but we also have cultural sanctification. And that can be a tricky subject to kind of wrap your mind around. We, it took us going through Raymond Simmons' book, Confessional County, to really understand the ins and outs of some of those sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. We're still learning about it all, you know, all the time. But um, <clears throat> it's this idea that every part of the world is being transformed, is being renewed, is being recreated back to what it was originally supposed to be. And that is the gospel message. That's the message of salvation for the world. Everything in the world, Toby Sumter has a book called, Pastor Sumter has a book called Blood-Bought World, right? The world, the entire world was bought by Christ. It's not just souls, it's everything, right? That's uh, as far as the curse is found, he rules the world with truth and grace. And as far as the curse is found, it's being remade and renewed. So, um, and this passage is, I think, an excellent passage that that discusses that. All right, so um, getting into, let's see, chapter 17, um, I have a few few quotes that I think I'll, I'll tie back to. Um, these were all great. The, the one thing I'll say is I'm not going to talk a lot about 19 because 19 was very much a laundry list, if you will, of, um, of the book of Revelation uh, in its entirety, right? So uh, in chapter 19, he spends most of, the cha- most of the chapter outlining what the book of Revelation is. So he goes chapter by chapter. Chapter 1 talks about this. Chapter two talks about that. Chapter three and four talks about this, right? And it's just great the way that he sums it up in a paragraph, short paragraph for each chapter. Brace it down, lays it out there and says, there you go. Now you have a cursory understanding of the whole thing. Then he also plugs his book. Um, if you look up uh, books by David Chilton, I think it's it's something about, um, it's understanding revelation or something like that. But he has, uh, he has a really good book that I have. It's like this thick, talking about revelation. Uh, but... Chapter 17 is all about interpreting Revelation. He says on page 143, quote, um, Revelation is a book of signs, symbolic representations of the coming events. The symbols are not to be understood in a literal manner. We can see this by John's use of the term in his gospel. See John 12, 33, John 18, 32, and John 21, 19. In each case, it is used of Christ signifying, signifying there is in italics, right? That's, that's the key word, signifying a future event, by a more or less symbolic indication, rather than by a clear and literal description, end quote. So it's not straight up, and that's how prophetic language has worked from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ezekiel's good example, you know, all through um, the Old Testament, prophecy has always worked like that. It's been these symbols that aren't meant to be taken literally. They're just, they're symbols that then we um, can can understand that tie back to to other things. So, um, the other the other thing I want to point out is on page one forty three. He said, "quote Prophecy is poetry, not naive or static allegory. The only way to understand its symbolism is to become familiar with the Bible. 
the biblical standard for interpretation is the Bible itself, end quote, which I thought was, was really interesting. So, um, so we should point out before we go too much further, um, Jake is in a suit uh, and <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, I felt like I had to make up for the fact that he didn't have his suit. He has, he has somewhere else. So he wasn't able to wear a suit today. So I figured I would like take over that and yes, I would definitely compensate. not one upping me. That's no, 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 <laughs> no. And, and really, that's not in my intention. He's joking about it, but I, that's absolutely not my intention. But nice, looks sharp. It's very sharp. Um, so that that's the if you're watching us, and hey, if you you know weren't watching us, now you have to because you got to see Jake. Yeah, you got to see it. So go to drdshow.net. It's that crazy. It's insane, and hopefully you'll see more of him in a suit. So you get to watch. Maybe watch that. Maybe. Um, Page 104, um, Chilton went on and said, John tells us hundreds of times throughout the book of Revelation exactly what the standard of interpretation is. For, uh, for the book is positively crammed with quotations from and allusions to the Old Testament. The book of Revelation depends on the Old Testament much more than any other New Testament book. So mm -hmm. the whole idea here is that you can't, and this is what we've been saying all along. Hopefully, we're just like beating you over the head with this. You can't understand. <laughs> that's hopefully? Yes. Hopefully, hopefully, we're beating you over the head. That's the yeah. plan. Um, you can't understand the the New Testament. You can't understand Revelation without understanding the Old Testament. That's not how this works, right? Mm -hmm. You you have to, and if you try to do that, you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. Every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's very... Very, very interesting, uh, some stuff. And I remember it was being talked about a lot in um, kind of like, I went to a camp for, for a, long, a decent period of time where like... Like a Bible when, camp? Yeah, yeah, when I was younger. But they had, a, um, they had a lecture about not being afraid of Revelation. And I'm like, why would everyone be afraid of Revelation? Why are you right. afraid of Revelation? And it's because we don't have a view of optimism. Like, you do need to understand the rest of the Bible before you can under really understand Revelation, but it's not something that we should necessarily be afraid of because it's it's talking about 70 AD. It's talking about um, what was going going on, but through signs and through symbolism, uh, which very uh, prophetic sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So Yeah, yep. Yeah, and we shouldn't be afraid to think that we can't understand it, right? It's not just a book that just creates controversies. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this wasn't a book that was created to create controversies. It was a book that was created to actually give us hope. It was a book to, that was created to give us a revelation, and revelations are things that are meant to be understood. Revelation is like, oh, it's been revealed to me that this is, how, this is the truth, that this is... Yeah. This is it, right? That's something that's meant to be understood. Um, and that's here on page 145. He said, quote, the, re the revelation is a revelation. It was meant to be understood. It will not, however, be understood by lazy-minded and undisciplined thrill-seekers who are in such a hurry that they have no time to study the Bible. Right. So, um, all right, that's chapter 17. He goes into a little bit more detail on interpreting revelation, so you need to check out chapter 17 for more information on that. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, <clears throat> then we'll skip over to, to, chapter, to chapter 19. I have two big quotes. Well, three big quotes. 
Um, and again, chapter 19 is kind of the laundry list uh, chapter where he goes through and, and talks about each chapter in the book of Revelation and discusses what, you know, what they are, what, and summarizes each of those chapters. So, um, so I'm not going to be talking about the whole chapter of chapter 19 because that would just take forever. Um, but at the beginning, he says, quote, the book of Revelation is not impossible to understand, but it is exceedingly complex. Its intensive use of Old Testament imagery would require volumes to explore fully. My purpose in the present book, of course, is simply to present in broad outline a biblical exposition of the eschatology of dominion, end quote. So a lot of words, right? <laughs> but, um, but it, it's, so what he's saying is it's, it's not complex or, or I'm sorry, it is complex, but it's not impossible to understand, right? So there's there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of different moving parts. This is going on, that's going on, which leads to this, which leads to that. And there's bulls, and there's beasts, and there's dragons, and there's you know all these different things. So it's complex. It's complicated, but it's not impossible to understand. It is, <clears throat> excuse me, something we were meant to understand. It is not just a puzzle that we were never meant to put together. Just something that we were supposed to always ponder and never think we could get to a solid yeah. conclusion. Is this the only book in the Bible that we would never actually get true answers about? That would always just be a mystery forever. Like, Does that seem like the theme, God's theme? Right, right. The scripture? Yeah. Has that ever happened before? Yeah. 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 And there are small, small pockets of that, of course, but like yeah. a whole book that we're not supposed to understand, really? And it's called The Revelation? Like, which literally means to reveal. Yeah. <laughs> You're revealing and we're not supposed to see anything revealed. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but then uh, a little further down, page 159, he says, as, as, a, as a whole, the book of Revelation is a prophecy of the end of the old order and the establishment of the new order. It is a message to the church that the terrifying convulsions curse, coursing through the world in every sphere comprised the final shaking of heaven and earth, ending once and for all the old covenant system, announcing that the kingdom of God had come to earth and broken Satan's hold on the nations. In the destruction of Jerusalem, the old kingdom and the temple, God revealed that they had been merely the scaffolding for his eternal city, his holy nation, and the most glorious temple of all. End quote. So there's a brief outline summary of the book of Revelation um, from his perspective. And finally, I'll just wrap up uh, my portion here talking about these two chapters on page 162. He said, quote, with this broad overview in mind, we can now proceed to a more detailed study of the imagery of Revelation, concentrating on four of the most dramatic and controversial symbols, the beast, the harlot, the millennium, and the new Jerusalem. As we shall see, each one of these images spoke to the first century church about contemporary realities, assuring God's people of Christ's universal lordship and encouraging them in the hope of the gospel's worldwide triumph, end quote. So again, it's a book of hope. You know, the, the first time I read through Paradise Restored about a year and a half ago, um, I was struck just constantly, and I was really skimming through it because I was in a, I was in a debate with someone over post-millennialism and I was trying to like figure out, like, oh, what does Chilton have to say, right? So I'm, ooh, hey, this looks promising. I had a question, actually, about this. You know, let me go to that chapter and skim through it. Ooh, this one looks promising. Let me tr let me check this one out, right? Um, <clears throat> and so I wasn't even reading it word for word. But 
even then, I was still struck over the head constantly by just how many times he talked about hope. How many times he talked about mm. this book, the, uh, the book of Revelation, as being a book of hope. So constantly, this is a book of hope. This is a book of hope. The hope that comes from Revelation is, is incredible. And I was like, what? What do you mean? How is that? <laughs> how is this a book of hope? It sounds so sad. It sounds so yeah. you know morose. But then you read it and you understand all the different aspects of it. And yeah, it is. Because like he just said, it, it talks about the worldship or the, the lordship of Christ over everything, right? It's, uh, it talks about assuring God's people of Christ's universal lordship and encouraging them in the hope of the gospel's worldwide triumph. That's the point of the book, right? And he also talks about in parts of these other chapters I just went through how the Jews were persecuting the people of God. They were persecuting um, these uh, Christians, horribly persecuting them, killing them, slaughtering them, right? And it says that Jerusalem was was drunk on the blood of the saints. That's actually a quote from Revelation, right? Um, and, and so this book was meant to say, there's still hope though. This book was meant to say, they're being persecuted, but they are going to skyrocket into, you know, prominence and are going to make the biggest comeback anyone's ever seen. So, um, with all that being said, I think, um, I think this is, this is really neat. So those were chapter 17, 19, let's move into 23. Um, uh, what was the, what was the title? Cause I, but if I remember well, correctly, the title of 23 really with what, with what I was hearing from chapter 19, that very end talking about the beast and all that other stuff. Very, very interesting. But this one is talking about what he was talking about, the new Jerusalem. Mm. So this is the new creation. So that's the title of it. But it's talking about this new Jerusalem, talking about new heavens and new earth. Uh, very, very interesting subject. Uh, and I'll start out with a quote from page 193, and that's where my two quotes that I have, that, that's where those will come from. But really, they spurn on this conversation, and we can definitely talk a long time about this. But uh, on page 193, uh, Chilton says, Well, finally, we've gotten to a place in Revelation where everyone's agreed, right? The new heavens mm-hmm. and earth. That's got to be literal, referring to eternity after the end of the world, right? wrong. Or, to be absolutely precise, I should say yes and no. Uh, Very, very interesting saying, you know, and this is what Bruce and I would believe, that the new heavens and the new earth are not talking about heaven or talking about um, the the end end of the age, even though that is very true that it is, but, and that's why I think he says yes and no. So, yes, it would be talking about the end of the age, because those are still the new heavens and the new earth, but now is the new heavens and the new earth. And Chilton goes on to explain that. Um, He also says on page 193, uh, to understand this, we need to remember one of the most basic lessons of the paradise theme. Salvation is a recreation. This is why creation language and symbolism is used in scripture whenever God speaks of saying his people. This this uh, discussion of a new heavens and new earth 
is not to say that there will be a physically new, and when entirely it is kind of new, but that's more throughout the elemental forces were changed and reshaped, but that, that this is a new creation uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a physically physically new creation, but it is a new creation. It is a, a new covenant and new salvation, a new way mm-hmm. of salvation. Yeah. So, um, so v- very interesting discussion. He goes on to explain a little bit more about um, heaven, what heaven is and what it would look like, because um, Chilton continues to talk about that that um, the Bible doesn't speak much about heaven except for the very fact that we will be there at some point. Um, which, I do have to plug in a little bit, one of Bruce and I's favorite books, um, uh, Heaven, Misplaced. Heaven Misplaced by uh, Doug Wilson, he talks a little bit about the fact that we are going to heaven, but we we're not staying there. It's a temporary holding place. Yeah. yeah. So... Also something very interesting, which also could go back to the fact that that's why heaven isn't talked about a whole lot. Yeah. Because it's well, only there it's for a temporary time. Yep. It's, it's not necessary. So he continues on to talk about, you know, what um, what the holy city will look like um, and all that type of stuff. So please read a little bit more about that and the rest of chapter... Um, chapter 23. So I know I very, very short, very basic uh, there. Is there anything you would like to add to that conversation? No, I think the um, the interesting thing is we... <laughs> you can get into so many debates um, about all the, the specifics, right? You can get into um, oh, he said it was it was this... Oh, the the, the city has... Uh, these dimensions, right? There, it's it's this many cubits yes. long and this many wide, and the gate looks like this, and it's that tall, and you know, that can't be symbolism, right? Look at how specific we're getting in our in our explanations over the the details of the city that's coming down from the sky, <clears throat> just like Christ says, the bride of heaven or the 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 bride being presented before him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's the church, in case you missed that. The bride, yeah. Um, so. It, we can spend so much time getting into that that, that we lose sight of the the point the, the important part of the whole book, right? We can latch onto that one detail and think, oh, this must mean it's some sort of physical city, instead of recognizing that it actually applies to or implies a massive, new and renewed church. Yeah. Right. That is now on earth in peace and that is over the whole world right we 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 see this this universal language mentioned so often in scripture um and i think that when we when we get lost in the details over that we that becomes right where we go instead of recognizing oh actually these sapphires represented something in the temple in israel and it actually meant purity or it actually meant this which is what was christ was trying to hearken back to Christ was hearkening back to this and saying, "He, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to have these elements. It's going to have these aspects to it. Um, <clears throat> and actually, if you measure it out, this city <clears throat> would be so large, it, it actually doesn't geometrically make sense 
or geographically makes sense. There's no place this actually could be placed, right? Right. Um, so. Yeah, and uh, yeah, to that exact point, he speaks to that in this chapter, um, and speaking about, like, uh, the exact measurements, uh, 12,000 furlongs and 144 cubits. He says that those are multiples of 12, and 12 was a number to show majesty and vastness. Hmm. Um, so that number meant something as, as that, that to show that symbolism. And so like for them to like think of it, like, and he was saying that people translate those numbers into, um, the dimensions of the, the wall will be 1500 miles long, (laughs) which where could you fit that in, and not have to take down mountains or, or move terrain and terraform massively. And 216 feet high. That that type of technology, first of all, doesn't exist today. But, like, that, it doesn't make, make logical sense for that to happen if we don't think of it in a symbolic sense. Yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, and when everything else makes sense symbolically, and that's the one thing that's, oh, this has got to be physical, right? Yeah. And then you start to realize, oh, all these different components actually mean something else. But it's still got to be physical, right? <laughs> just, and then it just, everything starts to break down. So, um, but anyways, uh, this is a great book. We've got one more week left with it, which is crazy. We've actually had to jump over several chapters just because we simply haven't had time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this. We hope you've gotten a lot out of it. Don't forget... You can purchase Paradise Restored by David Chilton from American Vision. I think you can go to AmericanVision.org and purchase that book. Highly recommend it. It is one of my absolute favorites. Um, If you're listening to this show and you're part of our post-millennialist camp, uh, this is a great resource if you happen to get into discussions or... You know, this is a great research to maybe or resource to maybe just drop a few copies in your church uh, lobby, and uh, you know, it doesn't technically say post-millennialism um, on here, so you know, just drop that in there. Maybe someone picks it up, and oh, what do you know? They're suddenly reading an eschatology of victory instead of defeat, and their whole worldview changes. How they might have an issue with that <clears throat> dominion. Being oh in no! There. Oh no! Even though God told us to take dominion, <laughs> how strange. Um, so highly recommend that. Um, yeah, we're going to be kicking off our brand new book, not next week, but the week after. So stay tuned for that calendar. I'm going to make this announcement next week as well. Uh, but there's going to be a calendar, calendar released with the brand new book. Um, it's a Christmas theme book by Pastor Wilson. Very, very uh, excited for that one. Yeah. We decided, we decided this one a long time ago and we, we knew it would be great on the show. Yes. Yes. So, we, stay tuned for that one. We've both listened to the audio, but, well, did you listen to the audio? I haven't listened to the audio book okay. yet. So I wanted to keep it fresh in my mind for when uh, we do it. That's fair. So, he'll be the, the audience. He'll be the one who doesn't who has no context. But I listened to the audio book a few times, and I just love it. It's such a, such a good book. Um, so, I think you're all going to really enjoy it. So, a week from, not next week, but the week after, we'll be starting that. And the announcement will go out so you can, if you go on Canon Press and you start looking up Christmas books, you'll you'll find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you all so, so much for watching and listening to us today. Our show website is trdshow.net. Please check it out. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, that's trdshow, that's the Reformed Dissenters show, trdshow at protonmail.com. Send us all your emails, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you, I think, probably on Friday. Our schedules are still up in the air, but probably Friday. 
Um, and until then, remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.